Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For just 20 bucks a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my sponsor and my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. What are your issues? What do you vote on? I'm going to tell you mine and show you an example of why tonight. We have Michelle Tafoya here. Why isn't she on Sunday Night Football anymore? That and so much more coming up on I'm Right. Priorities. We all have them. I mean, we're all different. Everyone's priority is different. And we're going to go, so we're going to talk a little bit about my priorities for the country and why they are what they are. But you have them in your own personal life too, right? I do too. You have an order of things you place importance on. Food, shelter, water, that kind of stuff, basic human needs, wife, husband, kids, whatever you got, job. You have, you have your life ordered, priorities. I keep priorities in politics. You, you do too. This is human nature. You vote on certain issues. Now, that doesn't mean you don't or I don't have strong feelings about many issues. You watch I'm Right every night. I have strong feelings about all of them. But when it comes to things like 2024, the choosing of the GOP nominee, the presidential primary, 
As you know, I am currently an undecided voter. As of this moment, not a single person has earned my vote. It's my vote. It's the only one I get. It's the only political power I have. I intend to use my political power to the max. So, not that I think that they're going to sit and scream and yell and whine over just me and my vote, but if you were a GOP presidential candidate for 2024, how would you earn my vote? What do I prioritize? Well, two things. One, COVID lockdowns. The land of the free turning into a police state. Governments actually telling people, no, you can't go to work. People saying goodbye to their dying mother on a Zoom call. Children now who can't read. COVID lockdowns. If you participated in them, and virtually every Republican candidate running for office did participate in them and push them, all of them did, I need to hear how you will address that. If I get ownership, if I get apologies, if I get, I don't know, some sort of contrition, I will consider giving you my vote. If I don't get those things, you can never earn my vote as a Republican nominee. You simply cannot. Period. Don't care who you are. I don't live in a tyranny. I live in the land of the free. That's one. Two, this is actually my only other one. Even though I have such strong feelings about a variety of issues, my other thing that I will vote on for the 2024 presidential nominee is I want to know about your plans for the administrative state in this country. More specifically, even though all of it's bad, more specifically, I want to know what you're going to do with the DOJ and the FBI. And before I elaborate on this, and I go into what Merrick Garland said yesterday, I want to be clear about something. I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. Do you know how many people, Hitler, Mao, Stalin, Pol Pot, do you know how many people those guys killed after they achieved total power? Do you know how many people they killed? None. Not according to any records we have. They didn't personally kill anybody once they achieved power. So how did all those millions of people die? Well, their administrative states killed them. Their state police did the killing in whatever form it took. If we have a Federal Bureau of Investigation that has become the weaponized arm of the Democratic Party, and that's very much what we do have, it will end the United States of America if it is not fixed. I want to know, as a candidate, I want you to tell me what you're going to do about it. I watched Merrick Garland yesterday. I watched him do something, not that, I, not that surprised me, but man, I already felt this way, but it just drove something home. Merrick Garland, sitting in front of the United States Senate, that's a big deal, right? An intimidating deal. Merrick Garland sat in front of them and said something that is, it's kind of funny on the surface, but it's so unbelievably sinister and a little bit intimidating when you actually think about it. Here's what he said. I will say you're quite right. There are many more prosecutions with respect uh, to the um, um, blocking of the uh, um, 
of the abortion centers, but that is generally because they are those actions are taken in, uh, with photography at the time um, uh, during the daylight, and uh, seeing the person who did it is uh, quite easy. Um, the, those who are attacking the pregnancy resources centers, uh, which is a, a horrid thing to do, are doing this at night um, in the dark. I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Producer, maybe I got that wrong. Did he just say we can't find the people burning down pregnancy centers because they're doing it in the dark? Obviously, that's laugh out loud idiotic. It's crazy. The top law enforcement officer in the United States of America claiming they can't seem to track down those street communists because it's dark out. It's ridiculous on its surface. But it's so much more sinister when you think about it. It's so much more evil when you think about it. And you know what's sinister and evil about it? The level of disrespect that shows to the Senate and the American people. If I develop a drinking problem, let's say I just decide to start hitting the bottle and I want to hide it from the wife. So I start, on the way home from the studio, every single night I decide I'm going to stop at the bar and have me, have me about five or six drinks. But I don't want to tell her. So the first night when I show home late, when I show up at home late, I say, oh, I had a flat tire. She's going to say, oh, that sucks. I'm sorry. Let's get it fixed. But then when I say it the second night I do that and the third night I do that, she's going to know right away, okay, he doesn't have a flat tire. He's been lying. But if I keep telling this blatant lie to her face over and over and over again, sorry I'm late, had a flat tire. What does that tell you about my level of respect for her? The Attorney General of the United States of America sat in front of the United States Senate and told them he couldn't arrest street communists because it's too dark outside. You GOP senators who watch this show and your staffers, what do you think that says about you? and his thoughts on you. And this all comes, by the way, as the government, the administrative state, is embarking in a PR campaign. There's no other way to put it. You've seen all these headlines come out. Bizarrely, in about the last week, there have been all these FBI headlines coming out that kind of, kind of make the FBI look a little better to you, don't they? The FBI came out and said, hey, we always knew COVID came from a lab. Wait, what? Hold on, what are you, right-wingers now? FBI's out there sitting down with Brett Baer. Hey, I just want to sit down and, and give an interview. Well, why is all that happening? Why, why, is the, why the PR campaign? Because they know they're about to have to give testimony the same way Merrick Garland just did in front of the United States House of Representatives and probably the Senate, and they're simply trying to soften their image. But back to what we're talking about, priorities for 2024. Why do I make that a priority? We don't have a country anymore if this continues. It's really that serious. I, I need to get this through to everybody. I've been shouting this at the GOP over and over again. This is not a small thing. This is not bias. It's a, these people possess the power to send 30 armed federal agents to your front door to arrest you for being pro-life, and they're using that power, and that's what they're doing now. What does that look like 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 20 years from now? Chuck Grassley, the whistleblowers, listen to Chuck Grassley. 
Recent lawfully protected whistleblower disclosures to my office indicate that the Justice Department and the FBI had at one time over a dozen sources that provided potentially criminal information relating to Hunter Biden. I have pledged not to interfere uh, with that investigation, and I uh, have carried through on my pledge. They covered up for the president, for the son and the president of the United States of America so he could win an election and Donald Trump would lose an election. And they've continued that cover up ever since. We have dozens of whistleblowers coming forward to talk about that. We have now a Praetorian Guard. We have a Cheka. Not in the future. It's right now. When I'm going in to cast my vote in 2024, I want to hear the plan. Because you no longer live in the land of the free if this is what we have. And by the way, speaking of getting a little bit in your face and bold, it's time for us to embark on a mission. Get ready because you're going to hear me to talk about, you're going to hear me talk about this a lot on this show from now on. I have decided that we are going to start a you voted for this campaign in our personal lives. You see, this is what's happened in this country for years and years and years. Who has been the aggressive political person in your life? Who's the one who has to bring up politics no matter what? The Democrat. They show up at the family house. They show up at Thanksgiving, ruining Thanksgiving. I love Hillary. Trump sucks. They show up at the neighborhood parties. They show up at the school. They're loud at the school boards. They have been loud and bold for a long time about what they believe. And it is time to return the favor. I have had my fill of people who vote Democrat complaining about the sh destruction that has come their way. I actually laughed when I saw this yesterday. You know that New York City is going to pay $20,000 a piece to the Black Lives Matter protesters who were burning down the city just because they arrested them? And then I had a New York friend of mine, this is what really set me off, I had a New York friend of mine tell me, what idiocy, I can't believe this. And you know what I told him? It felt so good. I told him, you voted for that. It's time to start getting more aggressive with friends, family, co-workers. It's time to stop coddling crazy Aunt Peggy talking about Democrat again. This time when crazy Aunt Peggy shows up at the Thanksgiving dinner and she starts complaining about the price of gas, don't leave the room. Don't hide. Don't change the subject. Look at Aunt Peggy and say, you voted for that. The next time you see some drag filth, I just saw United Airlines, they just flew a flight from San Francisco to Sydney, and they're bragging about the all LGBTQ plus crew, all kinds of trannies and everything else packed in there. And you talk to your buddy. Maybe it's even your dad or your uncle. He's been voting Democrat his whole life. Well, I was in a union. I've I gotta, gotta vote for Joe. And then he looks at that ad and he complains about it. Jesse, I don't like it. Jesse, it's crazy. Dad, you voted for that. You voted for that. You voted for that. The time of being passive has passed us by. The time to be aggressive is now. The next time your well-meaning Democrat co-worker, friend, family member complains about Democrat policies, no more coddling, no more mommy. This country has very clearly had way too much mommy time. It's time for daddy to step in. From now on, you voted for that. Normalize it. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. Now, let's address 
the Ukraine thing briefly, briefly, the whole Russia Ukraine thing, we're gonna address that. Let, let's let's get to you know what, let's get to something good. Let's get to something good. Coffee. Who doesn't love coffee? I am a two cup a day person. I used to be a four or five cup a day person. And then I realized that I do have to probably try to limit that a bit. The problem is this for me. Now, now I have bone frog coffee. You see, that's coffee that supports veterans. You see, what the bone frog is, is it honors the fallen seals, the warriors who gave their lives for this country. And not only do I get the best coffee ever, I get the knowledge that my coffee purchase helps support people who need our support when they come back from combat. You see, I get the best cup of coffee in the world, and I get to feel good about drinking it. Go to bonefrogcoffee.com, promo code JESSE10, gets you 10% off subscriptions. I have a subscription because I drink two cups every single day, so I know exactly when it runs out. I always have a new bag waiting for me before I run out. Bonefrogcoffee.com, code JESSE10. All right, we'll be back. They need more ammunition, more uh, long-range precision weapons, and yes, fighter jets. Um, uh, this and the and the issue really is that um, you know right now they're dying, every day they're dying. So. What, what we're waiting for seems to still be attached to this, I would argue, overcautious concern uh, related to uh, nuclear weapons. Overcautious related to nuclear weapons? Joining me now, my buddy BK, Brian Kimber. He's host of the World News with BK podcast, also former Air Force PJ. BK, I don't know why everyone's stressing about nuclear weapons. I don't see what the big deal is. Jesse, I tell you what, I'm looking at this with growing alarm. I'm watching what's going on in, in Bakhmut. Uh, these are some of the worst casualties we've ever seen in the, in the history of warfare. You know, you go back through the great battles of history and the Somme, Verdun in World War I, Antietam in the United States, Gettysburg. Uh, we're, we're rapidly approaching that if something isn't done in that city, and that's just in that one battle. This is a human tragedy in my eyes. Uh, it does, and I don't care whose side you're on. I, I think Ukraine should be able to defend themselves the best they can. But this is hundreds of thousands of people dying in a year. And in that city alone, Jesse, we're talking tens of thousands of casualties in a matter of weeks. And this is a whole new era of warfare. It's drone warfare. This is bogged down into an artillery bombardment. And there's no end in sight. Zelensky is vowing to fight to the end. I've been seeing some of the chatter on Telegram channels where various Ukrainian commanders are like, we are putting new recruits into these trenches and we're looking at a average of like sometimes four hours of a recruit lasting in Bakhmut before they're killed, one day at best. And they're just throwing these young kids into the meat grinder. Russia's doing the same thing. Vladimir Putin is clearly out of his mind. Jesse, as I told you a long time ago, I don't think this ends unless something is done internally about Vladimir Putin. And overall, I, I don't even like watching the social media videos anymore. It's a, it's a human tragedy. It, we're, not, we're, not, we're not even talking like, um, you know, ISIS people, factions killing each other, right? We're talking about Ukrainians, like 
physics professors, teachers, uh, electric, you know, electricians, engineers. Those are the people now taking up arms to defend their country, and they're all just getting obliterated. And it's just, it's it's shocking to see. As a half Ukrainian myself, my people are from there. You know, hundred years or so ago, it's it's devastating. It is. It, it's horrible. I think about the Russian troops, too, because they're grabbing these guys and constricting them in there. You, you're right. The videos, I don't like them anymore. BK, I've gotten to the point in this whole thing where I hate Vladimir Putin. I hate uh, Zelensky pretty much just as much. I only care about the people and I want the thing to end. What I can't figure out is how it ends. We very clearly are not going to stop. And as long as we're pouring America's military equipment into there, Ukraine can go on a while. Putin can't afford to stop or he's going to get murdered. So how does this end? It's unclear. You know, uh, our Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, was just over at the G20 meeting. He was able to not have an official meeting with their his counterpart. Uh, that's uh, Sergei Lavrov, longtime foreign minister of Russia. And they basically had a little bit of a, an aside. And Blinken said, basically, hey, we want you to stop. And Lavrov basically said, well, we're not going to. And Blinken said, well, neither are we. And then it was like, okay. And I guess that's what we're doing. So uh, neither everybody's dug in. And I don't know what's go- what it's going to take. Now, I you know, China is now hosting basic summits. And they are looking at nations like Saudi Arabia, who has stayed neutral. But Saudi Arabia is now making significant contributions, humanitarian, but still. And this is a geopolitical war that affects everything it touches. And I just don't see how it, how it ends until... And, and, and Jesse, even when it does end, who wins? Nobody's going to win. If Russia prevails, they're going to inherit a giant wasteland. If Ukraine prevails, they will have to deal with decades and decades of rebuilding that country. And there's, there's just no winners here. No, that's true. BK, I'm, I'm not naive. I know Russian. There's not going to be a couple Russian divisions landing on the shores of California marching towards Washington anytime soon. But I also do know that this is a sophisticated power, clearly not on our level, but they do have the ability to touch us here. Is that something you think they would do in one way? And if so, what can they do to us? I I would like to rule that out, Jesse. With this Vladimir Putin, you can't rule anything out. As you and I have discussed on the radio show many times, he sees himself as the great great man who's going to bring back the Soviet Union without so much of the communism. Like, that's what he really wants. He felt that Russia was wronged after the collapse of the Soviet Union, that they lost their power and influence of the world, and he sees himself as this great man who's going to reunite this country again and once again make it a world power. But in while he's doing that, he's made himself and all of Russians complete pariahs on the world stage. And I don't you have to take this with a huge grain of salt, but you look at opinion polls out of Russia, and I've looked at many different sources, and the people there either have been brainwashed so much or just drank in so much propaganda that they really believe what Putin is saying about you know denazifying Ukraine, and they they really believe this crap. Yeah, and you can understand the Russians being a little bit sensitive if there are Nazis on their border, being as how that didn't work out very well for anyone last time there were Nazis on their border. All right, BK, we have a serious recruiting crisis in this country, and this is actually more complicated than everyone makes it believe. Our population of young men is too fat and out of shape to make it. Many of them have been on too many medications to qualify. Already you're shrinking the recruiting pool, but then you get to all the stuff that we've talked about a million times on this show. 
Young men in Louisiana who've been shooting squirrels since they were one and a half years old don't want to join the U.S. of gay army and learn how they're evil for being white. They simply won't. They'll, they'll go do something else, BK. And obviously I'm being kind of tongue-in-cheek, but it's true. We're, we're losing warriors to college or trade school or wherever they're going, but that next Medal of Honor winner is not going to win it because he's not going to be in uniform. Yeah, you know, Jess, there's a, there's a whole variety. This this topic has been debated endlessly, right? But I can definitely see right now, like you and I, we're post 9-11, right? And, and we felt that calling. I felt that calling. You know, I saw those towers come down. My brother was already an officer in the Marine, an infantry officer in the United States Marine Corps. He was gearing up right away. I'm living in Los Angeles thinking I need to be a part of this somehow. And I just felt the call. There is no call now. And it became clear even like a few years in that this was going to be a grinder as far as the global war on terror. But at least there was like a call. At least something happened to us, much like World War II when Pearl Harbor was attacked and young men lined the streets saying, I have to be involved. Uh, how dare they? There's Why would you sign up now? To God forbid be sent over to Ukraine or a NATO country where you could be vaporized before even seeing the front line or firing a weapon in anger? I just don't see it. Um, it's you could not pay me enough to honestly be a military recruiter these days. Yeah, how do you talk him into it? His podcast is World News with BK. I love it. Thank you, brother. Thanks, Jesse. Oh, I love that guy. All right, Michelle Tafoya is going to join us next. Of former Sunday Night Football fame, Michelle Tafoya. How about that? Before we get to that, let's get to something real quick here. Something that hit me hard, you've probably heard me talk about this before, is talking to my buddies when we got back from Iraq, and most of us, most of the guys I joined with, about the time, it just kind of worked out this way, about the time my unit got back from Iraq, we got out. Just a matter of months for me. I think it was two, three months. We got back, deployment was over, my four-year enlistment was up. And I talked to a bunch of them today, and a bunch of them are doing very well, and a bunch of them are not. And when we sit down and break bread, have beer, you find out that they just felt left alone when they got back and they didn't, they didn't know how to put themselves back together. Angry, diving into the bottle, whatever. It's just, no one helped them put themselves back together. I love what Boulder Crest does because that's what they do. They put veterans back together. They bring them back out of that world that you go to. Look, you change when you go over there. You do. I did. I know I did. But they help bring you back. Help them. Help them help these veterans. I'm telling you, you can take it from me. This is a wonderful organization, all right? Go to bouldercrest.org and give what you can. It's called Operation Struggle. It's wonderful. Look, volunteer if you can, but give. Bouldercrest.org. We'll be back. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is so wild to me that I get to talk to Michelle Tafoya. When I got out, everyone knows I used to be the biggest football fan in the world. And when I got out of the Marines, 
I would sit there on Sunday and watch football for like eight, nine hours a day. And Michelle Tafoya on my television meant that it was Sunday night football time. And she joins me now. She's the host of the Ho Sideline Sanity podcast. Michelle, okay, I don't watch football anymore. We'll get to that in a minute. But okay. that had to be one of the coolest gigs, right? That had to feel big and huge, didn't it? It did. Every Sunday night felt felt massive. It was like every Sunday night was a rehearsal for a Super Bowl. In fact, I would say that every Sunday night we, we prepared like it was the Super Bowl. And the production crew was second to none. You know, you're working with Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth after I got to work with John Madden on Monday Night Football. It was tremendous. I, I don't regret a single minute of it. I wouldn't either. Do you ever get nervous when you're sitting on the sidelines and you know about all 10, 13 million people are watching you? You know what? I tried to think about the one person that mattered the most, and that was my producer, Fred Gadelli, and making him happy. I knew if I lived up to Fred's standards, I was living up to the only standard I needed to worry about. So I think there were a couple times. Super Bowls can be so kind of overwhelming. Um, I, I especially remember the one in Arizona. I think that was my fourth of five. Uh, may have been my third. But anyway, I remember that the, the roof being open, the place being packed, the, the light bulbs going on, the flash bulbs going off on everyone's cameras. And it it felt huge. And, you know, but it, I don't know, you, you sort of, once the kick happens, everything's fine. <laughs> That's what a small world. I was at that Super Bowl. Now, granted, I was up in the nosebleed sections and you were on the sideline, but it's basically the same thing. All right, you Michelle. You didn't see me I, wave to you? I did. You know, I thought that was, I, th I told my wife that's what happened, but she didn't believe me. All right. Oh. I, I don't, uh, I don't watch the NFL anymore because I hold a grudge and I'm a pig-headed person and I haven't forgotten when professional sports, which I've loved my whole life, decided to just dump all over my country for an extended period of time. It just became the acceptable thing. I haven't let that go. Do you think the NFL regrets it? Probably not. From what I understand, the TV ratings are still high. But do they look back on all that insanity and think, wow, we did a good thing there? You know, I don't know if they think they did a good thing. I think that the reactions were knee-jerk. I think that the attention Colin Kaepernick received was... Um, it, it, one man impacted the entire league in a way that I'm not sure uh, should have happened. But when you get down to topics like police brutality, racism, Black Lives Matter, uh, I think everyone sort of cowers and everyone feels guilty for whatever reason, even if they have absolutely nothing to do with any of the issues of the day. Uh, it, it's interesting. I talked to Nate Boyer recently. He is a former Seahawk, had a cup of coffee with the Seahawks, but he actually met with Colin Kaepernick before Kaepernick knelt for the first time. Nate Boyer's a former Green Beret, uh, gave a lot of time and effort to his country, obviously risked his life for his country, and discovered that, that Colin Kaepernick was sitting on the bench during the anthem and, and wrote an open letter to Colin. And Colin said, come visit me. I'm going to be doing a preseason game down in San Diego. Come visit me. Well, they, they sat down together along with Eric Reed, another guy who knelt. And Nate said, look, here's the thing, that anthem, that flag, those things matter to me. I've seen my friends come home with a flag over their coffins. And to his credit, Kaepernick said to him, is there a way you think I can do my protest? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with this that would not hurt or offend the military. And he said, well, usually, you know, when we see a casket coming home and you think of church, you think of God, you think of prayer, we, we kneel. 
And so he decided to kneel. Um, so that was, I think, a step in, in the right direction, but it's still, it, it just, let's be honest about this, folks. People sitting down watching a football game want to unify. They want to hear that national anthem and sing it with pride. They want to love their neighbor next to them, whether they're rooting for the same team or not. They want to release from the everyday stresses. They want to enjoy that battle on the gridiron. And they don't want young men who have never gone to war to preach to them about how they should feel about the flag. Yeah, that's... That's one of the things that honestly that bums me out about it, and I miss that about it. I think sports is important for every society. I don't think it's just a game. I realize it's a game, but there's a reason tiny tribes have sports. They, they have sport. Mm -hmm. It helps bring people together. It's part of what brings people together. And now, I, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm old-fashioned. Maybe I'm just stupid. I feel like we've lost that with the new version of America's athlete. This is not universal, obviously. I know there's a bunch of them. But there's so much of that now. It's a turnoff for me. Yeah, I, and, and I think that you are not alone. I really do. This term woke that's going around, right? It's not just yeah. new. It's been going around. But it is, it is reaching into every aspect of our lives academia, um, even kindergarten, uh, sports, film, television, news, you name it. And we are, you know, we're looking at a new Peter Pan trailer. We're looking at Roald Dahl books that are being rewritten, rewritten to, to accommodate people. Um, and so I think that, I think that this is turning a lot of people off to a lot of things. And when you push that hard on something that, that people feel strongly about, they're bound to push back. And so in this venue, I think pushing back means turning off the television. I have a tough time watching the NBA anymore. I really do. Um, so yeah. I, 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 I don't disagree with you on that. And I, it, it breaks my heart, too. I, I can't help but remember Whitney Houston singing the national anthem before the Super Bowl when we were started the Iraqi war. And I think we were all had chills. We all had goosebumps. I remember 9-11, how we all locked arms and said, never again, and we're not going to forget, and we love this country, and Democrats, Republicans, independents can all stick together. And that seems to have just dissolved. It does seem to have dissolved, and, and I'm not sure how we get that back, and maybe we can't, but you're the sports expert. I'm not. You've been doing this your whole life. Can we? Is there a way to come back from that? Because it is very political now. People say don't make it political. It's a political issue. It is, it's a cultural issue. I think one of the most troubling, and I will take flack for saying this, Jesse, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think one of the, the biggest mistakes, mistake might be the wrong word. One decision that has really had a lot of uh, impact on sport all over the, the country is when the, the NFL decided to play two national anthems. Now there is one national anthem in this country because we are one nation. So we have one song, but they just, you know, they discovered that this black national anthem spoke for a lot of black people in America. So lift every voice and sing is now part of the formula before every Super Bowl. before. Now, I was at a girls high school basketball game recently and to mark the beginning of Black History Month, they did not play the national anthem as they normally do. They played only the black national anthem. Some people cheered wildly about that. I felt like, why are we doing this to ourselves? Why are we dividing ourselves? 
we can all acknowledge we live in the same country. We have a national anthem, and that's the anthem that plays at the Olympic Games, and that's the anthem that, that represents our country. Why are we doing this? And I would posit that the NFL really is responsible for bringing that into... Now, for some people, they may think it's a great thing. I don't have any problem with the song. It's a beautiful song. But to suggest that it is the black national anthem suggests that we have two nations here, not one. And I I think that's quite divisive. It is. It is the Sideline Sanity Podcast. Recommend you go check it out. Michelle, thank you. I appreciate you. Anytime. Thank you so much. A lot of anxiety going on out there right now. That sounds like a good time to bring in our boy Mike Slater, huh? All right, let's talk for a moment about dogs. And you know something that hits me? I talk about my dog's digestive problems, but my sister has dogs. She actually has bulldogs. They have problems too. My folks have labs. They each have, uh, well, they each they have two golden labs, yellow labs, and they have problems. They're always at the vet, always figuring something out and getting up there in years. Part of the reason I love Rough Greens is those aching joints on your old dog get better. Coat is better. Why? Now, why does this happen? Why why did it fix my dog's digestive issues? Because you're giving your dog actual nutrition. We think we are. We buy them food. We give them to try to get them good food, but it's all dead. Dog food is dead food. Let's give them real nutrition. Pour some Rough Greens on their food, all right? They have a free Jumpstart trial bag right now. Go to roughgreens.com slash jesse. All you pay for is the shipping. We'll be back. All right. About time to get some perspective, huh? And where do you go for perspective around here? You go to the Politics by Faith podcast by my boy Mike Slater. Really just makes your day better. Helps you understand a little bit more of why we're going through what we're going through and that there are forces at work beyond just flesh and blood. No? Joining me now, my buddy Mike. All right, Mike. First, anxiety. This is something people struggle with. I have people in my own family who struggle mightily with it. If I had any feelings to speak of whatsoever, I may struggle with it. But it is something real for people. (laughs) And I am aware that it consumes people. It does. It just owns your life. Talk to me about it. Yeah, one solution is to just be a psychopath. And just don't have to worry about it at all. It's the Jesse Kelly approach. But if you're like a normal human being, then it's going to be an issue. Uh, yeah, so that's our most recent podcast about anxiety. Uh, we got a lot of things to be anxious about. We got World War III all the time. You're we just talking about that. We got economic issues. It's just nonstop. I was reading an article the other day about moms who are microdosing mushrooms. <laughs> what? Like psilocybin magic mushrooms? Like what is going on? I mean, in the 60s and 70s, it was Valium and then edible marijuana and wine moms and now mushrooms. Like holy cow, people do anything to get away from their issues as opposed to just being a psychopath like Jesse. Um, but we're like, what is this? What is it? What, and like, oh, there's a, a report from the Federal Reserve about where all the prime age working men are. And the Federal Reserve says, oh, well, they're just all uh, taking drugs and playing video games. <laughs> they're not being men. They're numbing out and not facing the realities of life. So I don't want to be anxious. I don't want to uh, be taken out. There's people who hate you 
and forces at work, as you said, Jesse, that hate you and they want you anxious and they want you weak and they want you scared and they want you worried and they want to divide your mind so that they can confuse you and divide you politically and socially and I don't want them to get away with that anymore. Anxiety, it's a Greek word, it's two Greek words combined, it means divided mind. So when you focus on one thing, you have shalom. That's peace and wholeness. But when you're anxious, you have a divided mind. Your attention chopped up into a million different pieces and you're all over the place and you're running through a different million, million different scenarios and, and it's just making you all anxious. And it'll mess you up. Uh, in the podcast, we, we read an excerpt from the Roman poet uh, Ovid in Metamorphoses. He's writing about envy, but it's the same thing. Envy, anxiety, it's all like the root. And Athena goes to visit Envy, and Envy lives in this disgusting underground lair. And it's filthy and covered with this slime that stinks. And Athena asks Envy to go and attack this princess. And Envy leaves her lair, and she leaves this path of destruction in her wake. And the fields are all withered behind her, and venom drips from her disgusting corpse. And it's unbelievable how Ovid writes this, obviously. And then Envy touches the neck of this princess, and instantly uh, her, she becomes envious of her sister's marriage. And it just eats away at her life, and it and rots away at her the rest of her life. And I share this, and it's like, geez, Slater. But I share it because we need to hate it. We need to hate envy. We need to hate anxiety. We need to hate the people who are trying to divide us with these things. And when you see it as something portrayed so vividly, it's like, wow, like the point is to smack you across the face with it and say, I don't want this anymore. And I want to get to the root of it and get it out of my life. And I don't want to run from it. I don't want to run from it with video games. I don't want to run from it with magic mushrooms. I don't want to run from it. I want to get to the root of it, root it out, get rid of it, so I can be a shalom, single-focus-minded person again and be effective in this life, not divided anymore. See, that's the difference between me and Slater. He reads Roman poets named Ovid, and I read Shel Silverstein. That's just the difference between us, Mike. <laughs> All right, you. Hey, you lots of wisdom in that beard. Don't, don't, don't speak down um, on Shel. Beautiful beard. I used to love Shel. I used to love Shel when I was a kid. Mike, you have a special coming up on the first. When is it? What's it about? Yeah, so this Friday, 4 o'clock, it's about taxes. I talk about anxiety, right? Uh, so we talk with uh, Grover Norquist about the state of taxes, but we, then we also go into history. So, like, I remember there was a debate years ago and, and they said, what tax rate should we have? And Ron Paul said, the income tax should be what it's been for most of American history. Zero percent. So how did we fund the government before there was any income tax? How did they change it, the Constitution, the 16th Amendment to make an income tax? And then where are we going? You know, in California, they're proposing a wealth tax where they tax you for 10 years even after you move out of the state. So what is the state of our taxes? And they'll never, one of the principles is it'll never be enough. They'll always want more. They'll always find new ways to take your money. Uh, and also, my favorite part is they're, the, they're never the greedy ones. You're greedy, Jesse, because you write a best-selling book and make a lot of money, rightfully so, and you want to keep that money. They're never greedy, even though they're the ones who want to take your money and spend it on things that benefit them. They're not greedy. Though. Only you are the greedy one. So we'll get to the root of all that as well. Mike, I'm not going to come on this show and turn it into an infomercial to buy the anti-communist manifesto, which can be purchased at jessekellybook.com. So I appreciate the setup, but that's just not the kind of show we're going to do here. No, he does the no, politics no, available June 6th. <laughs> he does the Politics by Faith podcast. I love you, brother. Come back soon. Thanks, man. Have a great day. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. This is not going to be a book-selling show. I mean... Is it the greatest book ever? No, there's the Bible, but it's up there. jessekellybook.com. All right, quit. Focus. You, you know what? You really have to focus because you really want to be here when we get to lighten the mood. 
And you also really want to be here to find out how to protect your money. That's what we're all asking ourselves right now. I know you are. I am. You work hard for your money. You've saved. You've invested. And now the value of the dollar is being destroyed and you can't do anything about it. You were told to save dollars. You saved dollars. You invested dollars. And now the value of the dollar is going away. What do I do? Weave some gold and silver into your IRA and 401k. That's one thing you can do. Here's another thing you can do. Get some physical gold and silver. Oxford Gold Group, do you know they do all that for you? And they do it in such a chill way. Not one of the, hey, buy now. It's nothing like that at all. The phone call's free. Tell them I told you to call. They'll take care of you. They'll tell you how to get it into your 401k or IRA. They handle that for you. They'll get some delivered to your house. So God forbid we end up needing it one day. But call Oxford Gold Group. 833-995-GOLD. All right? 833-995-GOLD. We'll be back. All right, time to get serious for once because it's Women's History Month. And you didn't think Women's History Month was just going to come and go here on I'm Right without us paying it its due respect. So before we get to that, let's get to this really quickly. I don't want you to go too far when it comes to making preparations for the end of the world. And this is what I mean. I talk to you all the time about buying ammunition about making sure you have a way to get some clean water if there's none coming out of the faucet, about getting yourself some gold and silver. I tell you all these things. These are necessary things. I don't want you to build a bunker in your backyard, although that would be really cool. Make sure you send me pictures of it if you do. These are things you don't have to do. But you do need food. You need food. You need to make plans for you and your family to eat if the grocery store does not open because that day may come. MyPatriotSupply.com is your one-stop shop for that. They have three-month food kits. That's all you need. Three-month food kits ready to go for you. Everyone in your family needs one. Right now, they're giving out $200 worth of free survival gear with it. MyPatriotSupply.com, all right? You need food. Now, enough of that. Let's honor Women's History Month. First, this young lady at the gym. But it's not just that, it's more. I, as a world-famous author and respected journalist, I put out the word and I asked how you were celebrating Women's History Month, and here were some of the answers. One woman said that the oil light is on in her car, she's just going to ignore it. Another actor, Matthew Marsden, you've probably heard of him, said he's going to get his wife to make him all kinds of sandwiches. Another gentleman, John, said he bought his wife a new vacuum cleaner. Chris said he'll be watching basketball while his wife takes care of the kid and makes dinner. Francis said his wife is going to make him a world-famous Jesse Kelly burger. Another Another person said they unplugged the dishwasher. Either way, women have been duly honored. I'll see you tomorrow. 
Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to improving the lives of America's veterans, first responders, and their families. For over 20 years, the foundation has helped America keep its solemn promise to never forget. Tunnel to Towers provides mortgage-free homes to Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders with young children, builds specifically adapted smart homes for catastrophically injured veterans, and is working to eradicate veteran homelessness. David Marshall served in the Army during World War II and fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He has never forgotten the sacrifices of his comrades nor the efforts of first responders on 9-11 and in the days and months that followed. He is a loyal and proud foundation donor. Tunnel to Towers is committed to supporting veterans, first responders, and their families, and so many of them need your help. Join the foundation on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again, testosterone-fueled again. Maximize your masculinity today at choq.com. Use the code JESSE for a massive discount on any Chalk subscription for life. CHOQ.com, code JESSE. Limited time offer, subscription cancelable at any time. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.